Welcome to the Verve Podcast, hosted by me, Lauren Lambrecht, professional coach and founder of Verve Leadership. Verve Leadership works with high-achieving professionals who want to lead a life with greater purpose. We are all about using coaching, art, and creativity to create a life design that emphasizes authenticity, self-awareness, and the structure required to live in alignment every day. This podcast is an opportunity for you to gain insights into how to build your own life design and to be inspired by other individuals just like you who have designed lives full of meaning, passion, and purpose. Thanks for joining us. Now let's dig in. I am so excited to have you join for today's episode with Mo Saha. Currently, Mo is an instructor on Creative Bug, and that is where I found her. I was drawn to Mo's classes because she doesn't just teach for the sake of instructing on technique. She's really interested in also bringing in a mindfulness element to her work, a little bit of a spiritual side. So you'll you'll find her classes in the category of art journaling or maybe even creative mindfulness because she's really interested in using mindfulness to observe the the thing that you're drawing or the thing that you're sketching or the thing that you're painting and really notice elements about it, but then to also put your own spin on it. And I just really love the freedom and the permission that she gives in her instruction to really just enjoy yourself and to go along with the flow um, and just use the time as a really great way to connect with yourself and your you know emotions and whatever kind of moment you're in. And so when I watched her first class on art journaling or gratitude journaling, I was absolutely hooked and I just immediately subscribed to all the rest of her classes and I've been following her ever since. And it just got to the point where one day I was like, I need to know this woman. (laughs) And so I reached out to her and she was so gracious as to have a call with me. Um, We chatted. It was like we're old friends. And then she agreed to be on the podcast. So that is what you'll be listening to today, our conversation, uh, where I talk with her a little bit about her journey. And I will tell you what, she has got one heck of a fascinating story. You'll laugh, you'll cry. Like, it's just this really twisty, windy road to get to where she is. And it's absolutely fascinating. She is an absolutely fascinating person. And yet she's so humble and so sweet and so like kind. And you'll really hear that in her voice. And you'll see that if you do choose to um, watch any of her classes that she offers. She's just a beautiful spirit. And so I'm really excited to share her with you. Um, Mo also has a new course on Creative Bug that just launched. It's a 30 30 or 31 day um, practice class. And so you'll have a chance to just follow along as she does some of that mindfulness um, observation of the world around us and learning how to sketch and draw um, using a little bit, of that, little bit of that mindfulness. So I encourage you to take a look and I'll have a link in the show notes and on my website and blog as well. So you can follow Mo and find her at mosaha.com, M-O-U-S-A-H-A.com. And you can find me at verveleadership.com, V-E-R-V-E, leadership.com. So please do check us both out. But for right now, let's get to it and have you listen to the amazing story of Mo Saha, the accidental artist. Thanks for joining. 
Okay, so we are here with the glorious Mo Saha. Thank you so much for being here, Mo. (laughs) I'm just getting used to the glorious. It's glorious. You're glorious. And you're wearing your beautiful yellow again. Well, I love my yellows. I just, yellow is my favorite color and orange, all kind of fiery colors. Mm, That's awesome. Glorious and fiery. I love it. (laughs) I'm glad you could join us. On the podcast, um, I know that we had a chance to get to know each other a little bit a couple weeks ago, and I just couldn't help it. I wanted to share you with everybody else because I just had such a delightful time talking with you. I had to. I'm glad. I'm glad. So just um, for a little recap, I came across Mo um, and her work on a creative bug class. So um, that's an online platform for for people to learn different art techniques or whatever. And my little girl and I, for the first like month of COVID um, quarantine, we would watch classes on Creative Bug, like just one little segment. And then we'd go and like do whatever project we learned on it. And so in that course, we discovered you and your work. And I just um, took all the classes (laughs) that you have to offer (laughs) and, um, you know, bought all the supplies and all that sort of stuff and got really into it. But what I really liked was, like you seem so present in your work. Like I didn't know you, but I felt like I did through the way that you communicated in your class and that you had a really personal um, approach to your work through doing art journals and um, gratitude art journaling, which was really cool yes. to me. Yes, yes. Yeah. Gratitude. So. Yeah, if, I, if there was one word to describe me, that would be grateful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it just came through on the screen. It came through in the class. And I just, I just love the way you showed up and what you gave to me as a participant or a student of your class. So I just wrote you. Yeah. So I wrote you and I was like, I just have to know more about you. (laughs) And so you accepted and here we are today. So again, I'm grateful that you said yes. Now that I look back and um, I, I just see that, that gratitude comes through because that was really not what I intended to be started out to be. I didn't start out to be an artist, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like something I did as a hobby, you know, as a kid. And I come from women who are also very artistic in their everyday life, but nobody would ever consider making it a professional approach. It was, it was yeah. like making home. That was their thing. And yeah. making home is not my thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a home, I have a husband, I have three kids and a dog, but I <laughs> never really considered myself a domestic mom, goddess, kind of, you know, not Michael <laughs> Stewart kind of thing. Yes, yes. Like I pick up here and there, but that's really not my forte. Yes. I manage, I manage, but somehow creating art has become more and it has grown and I never really thought to find myself that I'll find myself here mm-hmm. in this way. Mm-hmm. And all the fights that I put up thinking that, that my path was different and that I should try because, you know, as I come from, a, I, come, I was, I was born and raised in India, in a very traditional family. And yeah. our thing was, you know, you get a proper job. Yeah. You don't do art. And there was also the thing that I was not very good at it. I thought I was the worst in my class. And, but I loved doing it. You know, there are some yeah. things you, regardless of the criticism, regardless of the rewards, it was right. that thing for me. Like, right. What can I not do? This was something I cannot not do. Cannot not do. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So, yeah, it grew and I, I wasn't comfortable in the manner in which it became a prominent part of my life. I moved to the U.S. after I got married and it just took away the, all that career path that I had in clinical psychology. I was good at that. And mm-hmm. I, thought I, I really enjoyed working with people, talking to people and be of some kind of service to people. And I right. thought that was the path to do it. Okay. And so you had studied and, and completed your degrees and everything in India? Master's. I was ready to go into my PhD program, all of that. Mm-hmm. And then I got married. And you would think coming from India to the U.S. where there is much more opportunities to uh, like pursue that career. But the way it worked out was I came on a spouse visa, which okay. meant that I couldn't apply for scholarships. I, if I had to apply for a school here, I would need to switch to a student visa because otherwise our green card, like he was, my husband was applying for green card at the time. And if I switch to a student visa, mm-hmm. that was not going to work together. Sure. And he was young too. So it's not like he had the money to send me to school properly. Right. And it, I would have to start out as an undergraduate all over. Well, you were about to start your PhD. You'd have to start all yeah, over. And it, was, it, was, it was a huge emotional adjustment for me. Yeah. for two years and then all of a sudden my parents always encouraged me to send me to a private school in India and it's like all of a sudden I felt like that they backed away to social pressure almost mm-hmm. like they got their daughter married and now they felt like you know what now this is your current reality you have to adjust right. to it and I always had that nagging feeling it cannot be it cannot be that mm-hmm. I I could not have been that misguided in what I was doing. Yeah. You know what I just got out of what you said? It's like you let go of art when you're younger and you're so passionate about it, but you let go of it to get a real job. And that was a little yeah, bit. I was doing it as a hobby. And my father's take was always like, no, no, you do a main job and mm-hmm. they have a family and then you do it as a hobby. And now when I look back, now that I'm much older and I can look back at it with a little bit of humor, I mm. say like, you know what? He was speaking like a man, dad. <laughs> He's speaking like a man. I'm going to do, do the work, right. earn an income, raise three children, take care of my home, and then I'm going to have time for my hobby. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's hard. Mm-hmm. And you don't really understand that. But back then, I felt that I was being inadequate. I was disappointing my parents by not being able to carry on my work here. Yeah. That I just couldn't get work here based yeah. on the degree that was going to be so much devalued. Right. And my yeah. husband got his job in India, and then he came here, and then he switched jobs. So he's scenario was playing out very differently my case was not like that so I was starting from scratch yeah okay okay so it was a different altogether different experience yeah and so you got here you got got your head around the idea okay I wouldn't be able to I'd have to start all over again and then comes baby is that a little bit of yeah then comes baby and it was like two years of I was not even trying to make peace. I was trying to find a way. I just knew that there is a way. Mm-hmm. I just I was looking for a way that did not look like the way. It was a way, all right. It was just not the same kind of 
external look. Yeah. I was looking in terms of clinical psychology. I was looking in terms of counseling. And here I was, all of a sudden, I find myself, I'm very sick. I have a baby. Baby is very young and I am sick. Turns out that I have precancerous cells developing in my body. And oh, yeah. it was like re- life in review. Early yeah. in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like you're just a new mother. You're also a new mother who has a health scare on top of it. Yeah. And it seemed like a pretty big health scare at that time. And it, I would say the health scare has grown in proportion since, but I have grown faster than it. So Hmm. I'm okay. I'm at peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know how to handle it. Okay. I love that. You're growing faster than... Then it was very... Everything was a lot of pressure. Just raising a baby in a country... Because children are raised very differently in India than here. I did not have help raising my child. And I didn't know what I was doing. I did not know how to hold a baby. I I was an only (laughs) child. I did not see other kids being raised around me. Got it. And my... Everybody was like, oh boy... Wow. So I was like, okay, each day I keep the baby alive. <laughs> I think that's the goal of most new moms. Just keep that yeah, baby. I'm keeping my baby alive for the day. Yeah. And then we'll deal with it, deal with tomorrow when it comes. Yeah, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. And when the health thing just burst open into the scene, I was at first, so the first few two, three days, I think I tried to organize everything like Okay, so I'm, I was going into surgery within a week and I tried to organize everything. So if the stay was prolonged in the hospital, what would, how is my husband going to take care of the baby and all of those things. And I did that from Friday evening till Monday afternoon. And then I just sat down. Like It hit me. I can't take care of the rest of their lives in a week. Yeah. It just can't. Yeah. And so that's when I sat down. It's like, what is the most important thing I can do for my daughter? If it's if I think of it from the worst case standpoint. And I sat down, I collected, I had, my father didn't have a camera. So we had very few pictures of me as a kid growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. But I collected all those. Like there were six to 10 pictures I could find. And I sat down, I whatever paper I had my husband was always very generous with buying art supplies for me okay and I had some of that and I started making kind of a little scrapbook journal kind of thing where I wrote the story with with a letter to her like this is today this is the context of today and I am doing this so I don't know what the future holds if we're gonna read this together someday or you're gonna do so alone but I want you to know who I was firsthand if that is the only way to for you to know me. Yeah. And so that happened and I was able to finish that. It was not much of a story, but in, in writing out those stories, those letters too hard made, give me a lot of clarity. Like I knew that life has changed and the sooner I can get used to the idea, I can move forward. Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of swimming after a boat that is swimming faster than me, I could simply board the next board and just... We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Hearing Mo's origin story up to the point of having her first child and creating her first scrapbook. We're going to take a quick break. And when we return, you'll hear how that simple act of creating 
turned out to be even more life-changing than she could have ever imagined. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Verve Leadership Podcast. Really hope you're enjoying what we're putting out. We have a lot more going on beyond just the podcast. So if you like the kind of content, if you like the sort of things we're talking about, then really make sure that you go over to www.verveleadership.com to learn more about ways that you can actually interact with me um, beyond listening uh, to our great guests and you know hearing my musings. I also offer one-on-one coaching that you can use to navigate any life transition that you're on, whether you're looking to change careers or go into a stronger leadership position. Maybe you're coming in or out of a relationship. Maybe you're um, moving and trying to think about what's next for you in your life. All those things are fair game in our one-on-one coaching. And then I also have some really great opportunities for you to interact with an incredible group of amazing ladies um, who have a variety of backgrounds, who are really up to really big and interesting things in their lives, but who are also just down-to-earth regular people. So nothing too fly or fancy, but they're just every day putting in the work and doing the things that they need to do to have and design the lives that they really want. And so it would be my honor to introduce you around to this group, include you in this community, and to have you share your gifts with them as well. So if you go to verveleadership.com, you'll see a lot of great information about, again, the one-on-one coaching, about group coaching and group workshops and other opportunities to interact with our community. And one of those uh, opportunities also includes our retreat series. So I am leading virtual retreats as well as in-person retreats. And so you can get the upcoming dates and more information about those events on the website as well. So please take a minute, learn a little bit more about all that we have to offer at Verve Leadership. But for now, let's get you back to the episode. Enjoy. When we left off, Mo had just told us about how she came to create her first scrapbook after a health scare left her wondering whether she'd even returned from the hospital after her surgery. She created a journalistic memoir for her newborn daughter. Little did she know that that little book would take her life in a whole new direction. Let's listen to what happened next. And when I came back from the hospital and I was slowly getting back to health and about two, three, how long was it? Yeah, two, three weeks later, she was napping and I was kind of dozing in and out. And those were the days of message boards and craft message boards. And in one of those message boards and scrapbooking was a very big deal at that time. Mm -hmm. So I come across this magazine and then I come across this post on the message board that says, oh, they're having a contest. And I'm like, what contest? Mm-hmm. So I looked it up and it was like my coolest album ever. Coolest and I said, oh, nice. I'm going to send mine. I don't know. In my right mind, I obviously I was not thinking. <laughs> but wait, did you have a lot of scrapbooks to choose from or was this one of your first? No, just the one that I made, you know, of me before I went into surgery. Yeah, that was it. So it's not like you were a massive real story. It's not about fancy products or anything. I didn't even know about all that. Okay. It was just that. And I thought, oh, it looks like it describes what I was doing. I'll just send it over. And so I took pictures. My husband bought me a digital camera when the baby was born because I was taking so many pictures and he was developing them that he got 
tired of it. He said, you know what? You can just see them in the computer. I'm going to buy a digital camera. So that's what I did. Yeah. I took pictures. I printed them out and I just mailed them. I did not know about editing pictures. I did not know about Adobe Photoshop. I did mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. So you're taking pictures. Out. Yeah. You're taking pictures of the album to send in for the submission. Yeah. And okay. I and I forgot about it. <laughs> so like come September, this was happening in July. And then come September, one day I get a call from one Stacy Julian. And I didn't know. I thought, oh, maybe something from the doctor's office or whatever. I picked up the phone and she said, hey, how are you doing? And then she introduced herself and it didn't ring a bell. Like, who, who is Stacey Julian? I didn't know at that moment. Mm-hmm. And then she told me that I had won a grand prize and it's going to be made into a book. And I was like, what? What? I, I, it was still registering. What are they talking about? I was taking a nap when the phone <laughs> rang, right? I was pregnant a second time at that point. So I was oh, wow. tired and I was like, okay, okay. I said, I think that's all I said. Okay, okay, okay. And almost before she hung up, I said a thank you. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. And then they reached out to me and then it occurred to me who she was and what this is all about, scrapbooking and all of these things. And I was introduced to a new world, almost. It would seem like a misfortune, like, ah, you are sick. Well, no, I was introduced to a new world. And because I was so clinging on to it, moving way more smoothly than if I was actively trying for it. Right. I think so. And it yeah. seems like like the origins of it were so pure and so, again, so you, right? You put yourself yeah. into that. You put yourself on the page, literally. And then when the world, when it got shown to other people, the world could, could experience you in that way. And they saw the beauty of it. And um, I, I began to uh, make friends who shared the same. They, they were way ahead of me. And they were scrapbooking and they told me, you know what, uh, you have to know people to be published in magazines. Like you re- that's what their understanding of magazines was. And I was like, oh, OK, so I don't know anybody. That means I can never do that kind of work. Hmm. And so I entered another contest and contest to me, you know, it would seem so funny because I really don't believe in comparing people, mm-hmm. or comparing myself to others. Mm-hmm. But a contest would seem like that is what they're doing. But for me, contest was simply a door opener in a country, in a culture where I knew nothing and nobody. Got it. It Mm -hmm. opened doors for me. Where they saw fit, they opened the door to me. Wow. And I walked through. That's all I did. Right. Right. No master plan. No, like, scheming. I'm going to enter in 100 contests and maybe I'll get two. It was more like... I actually, every contest I entered... I won, or at least I was. I made the finals. It it opened the door that needed it needed to open for me. I did not have won the grand prize every time, but you mm-hmm. know, it, it opened the door. It introduced me to people, and people were introduced to what I do. And my work was so unconventional. When yeah. I picked up the magazines, I saw, and I had my friends who would tell me, like, you know what, these are this is the way it's done. And I would look at them, and I would say, okay, so these people are already killing it Mm -hmm. I could never get ahead of that by doing the same thing right 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 what I do and if it is if it speaks to them then it speaks to them and if it doesn't then it doesn't 
I feel the same way about coaching. Like there's so many coaching gurus out there and you've got all your brand name coaches and all the coaching books and self-help this and that. And it's a very crowded market when you really think of it, because those are only the people that you see. There's a whole other you know, group of people just like me who are just working in their more local area or it within their networks, right? Yeah. And it's so tempting to say like, nope, I, there, I've got nothing else to contribute. Everybody's already doing it and I'm not going to be able to surpass them. But then you stop and you just think, I'm just going to do me and bring my unique voice and my unique style and just somebody out there needs to hear what I have to say the way I have to say it because there's not a lot of people out there like you with your story and like that is different but everybody has a story right what you make of it how it pans out when you actually become aware of the message in your own story the message is more for yourself than for anybody else Mm -hmm. really that's how I feel yeah and but somebody's going to be touched by it like just what you've experienced is going to touch on somebody else's heartstrings and, and make them feel connected in a different way. So it's, it's sort of your responsibility to put yourself out there in a way because you don't know who you might impact. I, I, I remember that I sat down, I like really thought about it that if scrapbooking is a hobby and what is it, what am I expecting from it? What do I have to give it? And I understood that after taking care of two children and my husband was always almost always working away uh, out of town so it was a lot of pressure two things i decided there is no time to complain Mm. Mm -hmm. just take every minute that you can get Mm -hmm. while you're waiting with your kids while they are doing karate and you are sitting in the car Mm -hmm. do that you don't sit go in there and gossip for the one hour (laughs) sit in the car make something Make yeah. be prolific, yeah. make yourself better. And wh- another thing was like, if this were never to fetch me any money, would I still do it? Mm-hmm. And I got a clear resounding yes, I moved forward with it. I wasn't kidding, right? Mo's story just lights you up and makes you know that everything is possible. So now we've heard how Mo got started. Join us for part two of this conversation, where we go deeper into how she turned a string of contest prizes into the real job of her dreams. Check out Mo's new class on Creative Bug called Daily Observations, Drawing Objects from Real Life. They're always running membership specials on Creative Bug, so you want to try to take advantage of those. And also, the classes are just such an incredible value. Even if you do end up paying full price, it will be totally worth it. So you can join by clicking the link below or just going to creativebug.com. Thanks again for joining me for today's conversation. To keep the insights coming, visit me at my website, www.verveleadership.com, where you can learn more about me and my approach as well as get information about how to work with me one-on-one or via group coaching. There's also information there about upcoming virtual classes, workshops, and retreats. You can connect with me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, where you'll find tons of useful resources, articles, and videos. Just search for Verve Leadership. Talk to you again soon.